Paul in his letters to the church of Corinth and the church at Ephesus talked to them about teaching and admonishing one another in songs and spiritual songs. And when you think about it, the best way to do that is in a collective group because I think it would be kind of awkward for someone uh, to walk up to an individual on the street, have you been washed in the blood? And kind of think you're kind of psycho. So when we gather together as Christians, we gather together to uh, teach and admonish one another in songs, to learn, to encourage, to be uplifted. But Paul also talked about in the Corinthians letter, and he was talking about spiritual gifts, and he was talking about the variety of spiritual gifts that were given, and that a lot of people spoke, and but they didn't understand what was being said. And he would say, I would rather speak a few words that people understood than speak a whole bunch of words that nobody's going to know what I'm saying. And the same thing with singing. He says he'd rather sing a few words that he knew than a whole bunch of words. And so with that in mind, I've been doing off and on over the years a series of lessons on singing with understanding. And that whole idea is to understand the songs that we are singing. I think it's really important to know the message that we are trying to convey to others in the songs that we sing. And it's also very important to us to look at those songs to really examine the songs to determine if they are scriptural. Some songs that we sing are not completely scriptural. Some of them are partially scriptural. Some of them are partially not scriptural. So it's very, very important for us to look at that. I want to read some scriptures to you, and these are a little familiar, a little bit more actually reading out of what some things we talked about on Wednesday night. If you'd like to read with me, open your books to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. Know this, first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintained this, it escaped her notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. I'm sure we've run into people who've said, you know, I've heard this this thing about the world's going to end and all of that, and they were telling that to me when I was 
five years old, and here I am, an old man, and it's still around. Well, yeah, the message that the scripture we just read said is God is being patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but the truth of it is time is going to end. We also mentioned that in Hebrews 9.27, it is pointed once for man to die, and then comes judgment. Now, I'm not really sure when we talk about what is pointed once for man to die, that if we're talking about just the physical death of our body or at the time when the world ends and those that are still alive are taking up. But there's going to be an end to things for us. In our lesson on Wednesday night, we talked about we know the important dates in our lives. We know our spouse's birthdays. We know our anniversary dates. We know dates when uh, we've got to do something. We know all about this. But we don't know the day that we're going to die. We know that Christmas is coming when it comes to the same time, and we prepare for that. But if you don't know when you're going to die, how can you prepare for it by procrastinating and saying, I'll do it three weeks from now? Well, you don't know that tomorrow you may be dead. And we looked at this. This was an introduction to this uh, song that we sang, uh, or song that we looked at on Wednesday. There's a great day coming. And in that song, it talks about that judgment day. And it says there is a great day coming. There is a judgment day coming. And in that judgment day, those who have been faithful to God will receive their reward. And that's what the second line of that song says. And the third line, it says those who have been unfaithful, who had been sinners, who had not fallen God, are going to go to their damnation, to hell. Well, the song that we're going to look at tonight is the very next song, and it's also going to be our invitation song, and is what will your answer be? This is the judgment scene. This is that scene that we see in Matthew 25, verses 31 through end. This is this coming time that we saw in the song before. First verse says, someday you'll stand on the bar on high. Someday your records you'll see. Someday you'll answer the question of life. What will that answer be? The bar on high, you think about the bar here on earth. What it's talking in is about a judgment, just like we're standing before a judge. And I don't know how many of you have been in court before, uh, have maybe had to go before the traffic court for a fine, or maybe you've gone in court for something else. I've been a witness in a court, and even though I was a witness for the plaintiff or for the, the state, I was still fairly scared to sit on there and have this judge and say, do you? Yes, I do, and all that. It's a very serious situation. For those who are the plaintiffs and those who are defendants, it's also very serious. Many of the people that I work with, uh, either clients that come into my office or people I talk to the phone, end up going to court or may have to go to court. One of the big issues I deal with, and as many of you know, I work with a government agency, we deal a lot with landlord-tenant questions. One of the things that many tenants tend to do is not pay the rent. 
especially when they say, well, the windows keep falling out, I keep getting broken into, there's mold and all that. And, you know, I really understand that's, that's you know, some pretty bad situations, but non-payment rent is not the way you do it. And they keep trying to tell, but the landlord won't do this, but non-payment rent won't do it. What the landlord is not doing this, listen, let me tell you this. The landlord's got to give you a seven-day notice. If you don't pay rent, you better move. If you don't move, he's going to take you to court. You're going to get before a judge, and the judge is going to say, did you pay rent? No, I didn't pay rent because the windows are falling out. There's mold. They said, oh, if you got a nice judge. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That is really bad. you got seven days to be on a man's property. Now you're going to be on the street, and you're going to have on your credit history for the rest of your life non-payment of rent. It will never be removed. The only thing that will be changed is going to be that you pay the debt off. If you get a bad judge, he's going to say, did you pay rent? No, I didn't pay rent. You got seven days. Goodbye. That's all they do. Well, we're talking about a court that's much higher. We're talking about a court that's higher than the appeals court, higher than the Supreme Court. This is the Supreme Court of all Supreme Courts. This is before the judgment seat of God. The judgment is not whether you're going to stay in prison for a few years or you've got to pay a fine. This is where you're going to spend eternity, either in heaven or in hell. This is a very, very serious situation. And if you look at Matthew 25, verses 31 and 5, we're not going to go there. Many of you know it. What is, what is being said in there what is jesus telling people is he saying you're going to go to hell because you murdered those six million people you're going to go to hell because you stole from this person he's talking about did you feed somebody did you clothe them did you go to somebody who was sick simple things think about that what he's saying in essence everything that we do in our life we're going to be judged for either good or bad. And if it's bad, we're going to be condemned because at that point in time, it's too late to do anything. We're before the judge. We can't change. We are already there. We will see a record on this judgment day of every single thing that we've done in our life from day one to the last day. Every single thing. I was reminded a couple years ago, um, when I went to high school, I was bullied almost my entire time. So my memory of high school is being beaten up every day and all of those things. Well, one of my former classmates called me several years ago and asked me to come to one of the uh, uh, annual reunions. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And she started talking to me. And she was, after she talked to me, you know, Things sort of changed, but when she started talking to me, I also realized that there were people that I hurt, that I, too, have some things that I need to think about. So when we stand there, there is not going to be anything that has happened in our lives that is not going to be hidden. It's going to be brought forth, whether good or bad. Second verse, 
He says, sadly, you'll stand if you're unprepared. Trembling, you'll fall on your knees. Facing the sentence of life or of death, what will that sentence be? This little, not real sure about this verse, but there, they could be addressing people who have given no thoughts to tomorrow. You know, eat, drink, and marry, have a good time today. When I die, that's all there is. You know, whatever, I'm dead, it's not going to matter. Well, yeah, it is going to matter. It also may be addressing someone, as we pointed out in our Wednesday night lesson, you know, people who put off, oh, I'll become a Christian when I'm older, I want to have a good time now that I'm young, and do all the wild things people do. Well, you know, people die do, do die young. Put it off. You know, you know, yeah, I know I've got to change. You know, I, I've got to start going to church. I've got to start being a good person. But I don't want to do it right now. You know, these are people who are going to be unprepared. It also may be dealing with people who have gone and said, oh, I'm going to believe in Jesus. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to serve him. And I'm going to do everything that Brother Bob tells me to do. Um, I'm not sure about this book here, but Brother Bob seems to know an awful lot. So I just won't pay any attention to this book. I'll just pay attention to Brother Bob, and I'll be safe. Well, when we get before the judgment seat, when we see that bar on high, and God... Brother Bob is not going to help you. What's in the Bible is what you help. And those who have lived their lives, who have followed this all of their lives, and have strived to the best of their ability to follow it, and when they've been strayed, they've repented and got back on, their, on that path, those are the ones that are going to hear the well done come into my rest the third verse in this song reiterates that there's going to be a judgment now is the time to prepare my friend make yourself spotless and free washed in the blood of the crucified one he will your answer be today is when we need to get ready for the rest of our life Today is the time that we need to start making a change in our life. Today is the only day the breath that you and I are taking right now is the only breath we can be sure of because we do not know the future. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans 14 and 12 it says, each one of us will be given account for of himself before God. And in first, uh, Second Corinthians five and ten, for we must all before, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each man could give a recompense for the deeds in the body according to what he's done, whether good or bad. We will stand before a bar on high. We will give an account for everything we've done, whether good or bad. There's no hope for us. We're lost. But the song ends and said, He will your answer be. For God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son. 
and anyone who believes on him shall be saved. Well, we talk about in Eric's class, it's more than just believing. It is he who died on the cross. It is he who was buried and was raised. Romans 6 and 23, it says the wages of sin are death. And certainly sin separates us from God. And if we don't repent of that sin, we're going to be eternally damned. But the free gift from God is life in Christ Jesus. If I may use somewhat of a crass example, I think this does point out what Jesus has done. Have you ever seen on TV where these attorneys, these law firms say, there's a big suit against X uh, pharmaceutical company for some drug that they've had, and they've made millions and billions of dollars off of that drug. But people have died from the drug now. People are finding a lot of problems and say, contact us and we will get you part of this settlement money. Well, this is the way. Jesus has already paid all this debt. He's already paid the price for the sins that each and every man and woman in the world has committed. All we have to do is connect to that. And Eric had talked about that this morning. We have to be baptized. That's ultimately where we're going to be. We have to be baptized. And then all of those sins that we've committed have been washed away. So when we get before the bar on high, if they're saying, oh, yeah, you lied, oh, it's covered because Jesus died for you. He is our Savior. He is our propitiation. I'm going to read one more passage. And after that passage, Eric is going to lead us in the uh, invitation song. It's found in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. If it was found in the book of life, there was eternal life. If you're subject to the invitation, we encourage you to come forward as we now stand and sing.